Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father, we just want to thank you and bless you for your word. Your word. The entrance of your word is light. It, it, it causes darkness to recede. Your word brings hope. Your word lifts burdens. Your word points us in the right direction. Uh, your, word break, your word delivers your children. Your word delivers us today, especially from the spirit of fear. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And together we say, Amen. Amen. Now, we know where we are. We are faced as a world with something that we have never dealt with uh, at this level, certainly in my lifetime. This pandemic that seeks to ravage the world. We are saturated with news about it. Uh, the television stations, the 24-hour news stations, uh, WhatsApp messages, newspapers, every medium is assailing our senses with news about this pandemic. And of course, the news brings facts. It, it brings uh, um, um, policies from our government and things we should do, rightly so. But I'm sure you will agree with me that it is really saturation. And a lot of the news is bad news. Of course we want the facts. Of course we want to know what to do. Of course it's the most serious situation the nations have faced in living memory. But a lot of the news is bad news. I sometimes wonder where the good news is. And as I get tons of WhatsApp messages like you do, when I see some good news, it's like a ray of sun, sunlight that shines into the darkness. I sometimes wonder why we're not told about those who by God's grace contacted the virus but have survived. I sometimes wonder why we're not told about the rest of the good news that is out there. The saturation of society with this bad news has created unprecedented levels of fear. I must tell you, in the early days, we had our television in our home running 24-7, apart from when we were asleep on the news channels. But after a while, Shola and I thought, this, this can't be good for us. Let us selectively switch it on to listen to what is going on out there so we can pray effectively, um, and we can listen to the broadcast from our prime minister as to what to do. But this saturation of our lives with this, with this news, the number of people who have died, the, the number of people who are cont contracting the, the, the virus, the, the, the hopelessness that is all around, uh, I, I said to myself, it cannot be good for me. Um, it is an attempt to create an atmosphere of fear, which unfortunately, as we look around the nation, we can almost in a tangible way, we can almost touch that fear. 
And you and I know that fear is not just an emotion, but it is also a spirit. Well, today, our pulpits up and down the length and breadth of this nation will be bringing good news. And that's really what we are supposed to do as the body of Christ, the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are the original purveyors of good news. So what is the good news? I'm sure you remember, certainly in our physics classes, um, they, they got us to uh, do some work with a prism. I'm not even going to try and define in, 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 with the definition they forced us to memorize what a prism was. But one of the things I love about the prism is that, this object, is that when white light shines at the prism and hits the prism, it comes out on the other side of the prism as many colored lights. Actually, it comes out as the seven colors of the rainbow. Seven colors of the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. And in a sense, that's a bit of a metaphor for what I want to share today. Because we can choose to focus on all that is happening around. We can choose for that to be our only focus. All we hear, all we see. Or we can choose to see what is happening around through the prism of God. And when we see it through the prism of God, that metaphor paints a lovely picture that what goes in as one color, the white color of light, comes out on the other side as many colors and is beautiful to look at and brings hope to us. And so today I just wanted to encourage you as we turn our attention to God. I wanted to encourage you with these seven things that kind of mirror those seven colors that come out of the prism. The first thing, and we heard this um, from our, the sermon last Sunday when Shola preached, is that please, God is in control. The scripture she shared in Psalms 31 verse 15, and I love the Passion translation of it, are scriptures that should encourage you. The scripture says, my life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands, so I know you can deliver me from those who persecute me relentlessly. And we, that, that is easily our testimony today. And I actually want us to declare it. There's something soothing about declaring the word of God. But it's not just soothing. There's something uh, that, that in, in declaring the word of God that sends the word of God to do uh, what it has been purposed by God to do. So why don't you declare with me? Families together. And if you're on your own, don't worry about that. We are all declaring it all over London, all over the United Kingdom, all over the nations that are listening as we broadcast. We are making this declaration. Will you say with me, my life, my every moment, my destiny, it's all in your hands. So I know you can deliver me 
my loved ones, my community, my nation from this pandemic. In Jesus' name, amen. The psalmist says in Psalms, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the Job uh, says in Job 12 verse 10, the Bible says, referring to God, in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. What am I trying to say? God is in control. Not for one second has God lost control of his creation. Not for one second has anything caught God unawares. God is in absolute control. And may that bring comfort to your heart. That in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of this chaos, uh, with this pandemic ravaging the earth, God is in control. Your life, your every moment, your destiny, it is all in his hands. Amen. The second color, the second thing, is that God is working out his own purposes. I love the scripture in Isaiah, the 46th chapter and the 10th verse. And I love the various translations um, of the Bible, but I particularly love the message translation of that scripture. The Bible says, God says, I am God, the only God you've had or ever will have. Amen to that. Incomparable, irreplaceable. Amen to that. No one like him. From the very beginning, telling you what the ending will be and letting you in on what is going to happen. And that is true. Uh, we have heard from some of the most, uh, most uh, respected prophets uh, in, within the Christian community months before, years before, who had spoken about the times we are in. So God does not allow anything without telling his people what is going to happen. And it ends by saying, assuring you, I am in this for the long haul and I'll do exactly what I set out to do. God's assurance to you, he is with you in this for the long haul and he will do exactly what he has set out to do. One translation says, my counsel shall stand. And God is working out his purposes now. Frankly, you just need to look a bit deeper and you can see that God is working out his purposes. In the midst of what has obviously come from the pits of hell, God is going to work out his own plans and his own purposes. I dare say that by the time we are through this, in the same way that the enemy said, had they known they would not have crucified, had he known... He would not have crucified Jesus. The Bible says, had they known, they would not have crucified Jesus. I dare say, by the end of this, when the enemy sees how God has turned it around and caused it to favor his own and to favor the nations, he will be saying, I wish I had not orchestrated this from the pits of hell. What are the things that God is working out that are obvious? Quick things. Number one, he's turning our attention back to him. Because the truth is that the attention of the nations had drifted away from God. We had our attention on all kinds of things. We had uh, our trust in all kinds of things. But guess what? In this season, I've never heard 
more talk about prayer from people of faith, from the Christian community, from other faiths, and from people who have no faith whatsoever, who, are, who have realized that if your prayer works, can you pray? I mean, I've had people um, say to some of our people who work with them, what is your pastor saying about this? Is he praying for us about this? They would never have talked about prayer to a God who, who, who they didn't acknowledge. But the circumstances is, are turning our attention back to God. The circumstances that we are dealing with are exposing the folly of trusting in man's capabilities and abilities. That is apparent because all the strength of the nations and all the weapons of the nation, nations and all the power of the nations has been unable to stop this virus. So we have to turn to God. And that's the title of my message today, Turn to God. Families are spending more time together. Um, I, can, I can tell I, from our own example, we, we, you know, we're, we're, we're at home, we're, 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 in, in, you know, we're, we're observing the social dista distancing uh, rules, and so we're spending more time together. Uh, you know, our son is out of school. Um, we're spending more time together, and it's happening up and down the length and breadth of the nation. You know, the result of that is going to be stronger marriages. It's going to be children who have parents who can talk to them more about the values of life. Um, it's going to be children who never played a board game with their father or mother because their father or mother was busy running, running around in the rat race that we sometimes find ourselves in, who can play board games with their, with their parents. I mean, it's going to strengthen marriages. And then even for those who are single, who live on their own, there are all kinds of virtual communities that are being created that people are a part of. And so this is going to work out for our good. It will strengthen relationships. And then you, you find out as you hear the stories that we are rediscovering our heart and soul for each other. And that tends to happen in times of crisis. In times when the nation is at war, we pull together. And the United Kingdom especially is known for that. We pull together as a nation. We stand together. I, I, I remember the clarion calls that I've read about that Winston Churchill gave at, at the height of the Second World War. Well, this is some kind of war. We are getting clarion calls from our prime minister. And we are pulling together. I've had some lovely stories of, of I've, I've had some bad stories, don't get me wrong, where, where, where people have exhibited levels of selfishness, but I, 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 they are, they are far, far exceeding them are the lovely stories I've heard, you know, of, of people who, and my wife Shola had, had a story, she was, she was uh, um, in Costco, one of the shops, and, and a gentleman had got, I, I can't remember what it was, it probably was blue paper, or one of those things anyway, and noticed she didn't have any, and offered her, you know, one of his. And we are hearing those kinds of stories up and down the length and breadth of the nation. We are rediscovering our soul, our humanity, and our heart for each other. Uh, we are now talking more about the elderly than we have ever done and those who are vulnerable. These are good things. God's working out his purposes. We are learning again to appreciate the simple things of life. And the last thing that I find fascinating more prayer is being offered than at any time we can remember. And that can only be good because the angels ride the heavens on the wings of the prayers of the children of God. Our God says, call unto me, I will hear you, I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things. So I look beyond the pandemic 
to the great and mighty things that will come as a result of the prayers that are being said. The third color, the third thing is that God is our protection. We must understand that. Thank God for the sound advice from the medical community. Thank God for the great advice uh, from the scientific community. Thank God for the for the guidelines that are coming from the government, you know, the guidelines that have asked us to stay away from large crowds. The, 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 the Prime Minister has come out and said restaurants, pubs, cafes, you know, great advice, sound advice. But you and I must know that, and thank God for all the advice to wash our hands. That makes a lot of sense. Wash it for 20 seconds, use hand sanitizers, maintain the social distance. Fantastic ideas. But it would be foolish of us to assume that our protection is solely in those things. Our protection is in God. We obey those things because we are responsible, but we look to God ultimately for our protection. We understand that we serve the most powerful God. All power belongs to Him. As the psalmist says in Psalms 46 verse 1, and let this reassure someone out there. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. Now, why don't you make that a declaration with me um, as we declare that together as a church family all over the world. Will you say that with me? God is my refuge and strength, and he will always help me in times of trouble. Listen to the psalmist in Psalms 23 verse 4, the New Living Translation. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, and these are dark times. These, we are walking through as a nation or as the nations a dark valley. I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, your, your, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. The fourth color is that God is love. Seriously, God loves you. We just can't comprehend the manner of love that God has for us. As Shola sang that song, Reckless Love, every word in that song, every phrase in that song, it really is the truth. God loves you. It's a love that I can't even explain in words. I'm going to give it a shot, but more likely than not, I'm going to fail. And I have to rely on the Spirit of God to take these words to you wherever you are. You're on your own, in your house, you're getting a bit tired of this isolation. Maybe you're dealing with the, with the virus actually itself. Uh, maybe a loved one is dealing with the virus. There's this fear that is threatening to envelop all of us. Guess what? Far above that. The creator of the ends of the earth, the God who is all-powerful, the God who sees the end from the beginning, this majestic, glorious, awesome God, guess what? He seriously loves you. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 3 verse 1, and I love the Passion Translation, look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved, beloved children. You know, I'd do anything, anything for our children. Anything, I would do anything for our three children. I really would do anything for them. I love 
I love, uh, Shola and I, we love our children. We love our children. They are amazing children. They are not perfect, but the truth is that despite their imperfections, we just love them. And I just look at how a mortal being with failings and frailties and weaknesses can love his children the way I do. And then I think of an immortal God who has no failings, no frailties, no weaknesses, who is perfect. And I think of how that God loves me and loves you. It is so reassuring. Pandemic or no pandemic, God loves you. Listen to the standard of love. John, the 15th chapter and the 13th verse. The Bible says, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. The fifth color is that God is merciful. And you know, we read a scripture, um, we read it a lot, especially those of us who are praying for revival uh, from 2 Chronicles 7.14. But a lot of times we fail to read the preceding scripture. And I wanted to read to you both 13 and 14. When I shut up heaven and there's no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. And how many know that we have seen all of these, these in the last, literally the last year? Uh, we have seen where there, were no, there, there was no rain, and we have seen the devastation that came to uh, the lovely nation of Australia, the pain as a result of no rain with the bushfires. We have seen the locusts devour a land uh, recently. Just a few months ago, locusts invaded East and Central Africa, Africa and totally devastated the land. And now we're dealing with pestilence amongst us. But then, and, and, and the Bible says, uh, when I, now when God says when I, it is not that he does it. As you know, if, you read, if you've read that portion of the Bible and the preceding books in the Bible, there was a constant cycle the children of Israel went through. Uh, they would um, turn to God, get close to God. He would bless them. They would prosper. As they prospered, they would forget God. They would turn away from him. And as they turned away from him, they would get into all kinds of sin and wickedness and all manners of things. And God would simply uh, step back from them. And when God stepped back from them, it wasn't that he was sending these things. The consequence of taking God out of our lives is that a lot of things will inevitably go wrong. But then listen to God's mercy. And, and this is an encouragement because this is God's mercy. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. There's a responsibility on us as his people. If we will do those things, God guarantees us he will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. That is a merciful God who gives us a way of escape. So this, this season, when we have a lot more time on our hands than we would have ever had, than we have ever had, because we're not going to work, we're working remotely, the, the one or two hour commute that we would have done, I, th I think those should be times of prayer. Uh, families are together. I think we should build family altars in prayer. Um, thank God for technology. We will use technology so that even though we can't gather physically, we can pray together. The sixth color is that God is our healer. 
The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. God is our healer. God is still in the business of healing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible stories of dramatic healings are not just things to, for us to read that happened in history. No, the God we serve is still in the business of healing. And I want to pray today, and I would love you just as a point of contact to just touch the screen of your phone or your computer or your television if you require the healing grace of God. I'm going to believe with the team that is here with me, these essential staff that are here with me, essential, essential members of our team that are here with me, I'm going to believe that by this simple prayer, in the way that God works, out of his acts of mercy. He says in Lamentations, the third chapter, the 22nd and the 23rd verse, the Bible says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Will you believe with me that by the Lord's mercy, this pandemic will not consume you, consume your loved ones, consume the communities you're a part of, consume the nations. Will you agree with me that as we just pray to this God, Jehovah Rapha, the healer, the healing grace will be released. And as you make contact with that screen of your phone or your computer, your, 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 your laptop, your iPad, your television, that the healing grace of God will flow through and touch you. And so, Father, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, you promised in the Psalms 107 verse 20, that you would send your word and your word would heal us and you would deliver us from destruction. This pandemic seeks to destroy. But Jehovah Rapha, our healer, we are asking that you will rise up in the heavens out of your mercy, out of the, the great depth of your compassion. And we're asking, Lord, as, as, as your children have indicated by the touching of that screen that they have faith, O oh God. Faith without works would be dead. This is the works of our faith, O oh God. We're asking, Heavenly Father, that up and down the length and breadth of this nation, the nations, O oh God, where people are tuned in from, that, Father, your healing grace, O oh God, in the name of Jesus be released. That, Heavenly Father, we will hear testimonies, O oh God, of people who are healed, not just those who have caught the coronavirus. But Father, people are healed from cancer, healed from diabetes, healed from mental attacks. Just uh, pour out your healing, Heavenly Father. Healed from arthritis. Healed, Heavenly Father, from diabetes. Lord, you are Jehovah Rapha, Father. Heal, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the seventh color. As we end, is that God is our salvation. As Peter spoke to the council of religious leaders, he made a declaration. And sometimes, in these times of political correctness, we try to fudge the declaration. Well, you can't fudge it if you read the Bible. 
We try to fudge it so that we don't offend, you know, so that we, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't want to seem like we're offending. But we can only say what the Bible says. Uh, that's what we believe. You know, the beauty of a, of, of, a, of, a, of a democratic setting is that everybody is free to believe whatever they believe. But we believe, as the Bible says, in Acts of the Apostles, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse, that there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. When you look around, one thing becomes clear. If you don't have God in these times, <laughs> my heart goes out to you. Because everything that we know, everything that we can do to protect ourselves, at this point in time, we're not able to. Of course, we're praying that a vaccine will be found very soon. We're praying intensely. But the message from these times is that you need God. If you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you must be able to say, Lord, your rod and your staff, they don't just comfort me, they protect me. And I'm not, invite, I'm not necessarily saying you need to join a religion. No, 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 no. I'm, however, saying that you need to have a relationship with the name that Peter declared to the council of religious rulers in Jerusalem, the name of Jesus Christ. You need a relationship with Jesus. And I'm sure there's someone who's listening out there who's saying, you know what, I've, I've dilly-dallied. I've, I've toyed with it. I've kind of put one foot in, but then I stepped back. Or there might be someone who has never really had an invitation like this, and you're hearing this invitation for the first time. And there might be a few people who, they, have, they came, Jesus opened his arms, but then life and life issues and the pursuit of many things, often material things, uh, took their attention away from him, and they know that it is time to come back home. Whether you belong to these categories or others, but you know, I want to start a relationship with him. Why do I want to start a relationship with him? I want a guarantee and assurance that he will be my protection, as we have said. That he will be my provider. That he will work out his purposes in my life. Well, if that is you, I'm talking to you now. I want to ask, will you give your life to Jesus? Will you join the family of God? Will you allow God to become your father? Will you join a whole community of people uh, of which I'm a part? Not perfect, far from perfect. But then the beauty is that God does not ask us to come to him perfect. He asks you to come to him as you are. That's what I love about the Christian faith. That God does not say you have to reach a certain standard. No. You think you're messed up as you're listening to me and you're thinking that God couldn't be asking for someone like me. I assure you, Jesus came for people just like you. In the same way he came for people just like me. I tell the story all the time. Where God found me, if he hadn't found me, I don't think I would be alive now. I was living life in the fast lane as recklessly as I could. Pushing the boundaries every single day. Doing things that I am ashamed of. Doing things that were an abomination, transgression. Things that couldn't have pleased God. But guess what? He reached down there. And he found me. And for 28 or 9 years, 
I've been enjoying this relationship with him. Still not perfect, but every day seeing an improvement as he encourages me to become more and more like his son, Jesus. I can't imagine how anybody would cope with this life, with all the fear that is around without God. And so you're out there, you're watching online, you're watching with your family, you're watching alone. It's a personal thing between you and God. I would like to invite you to give your life to Jesus. Accept God as your father. Let him into your life. Let him take control. The beauty when God is in, the, in your life, and if you look at your life, the metaphor of a house, when God is in the house, anything that knocks on the door, God answers. Now, there are certain things that we don't mind answering ourselves, but hey, at a time like this, with this pandemic, which one of us can answer to it? It's just reassuring. It is comforting that we can know that because God is in our house, in our lives, that he answers to this pandemic. And so I would like you, if you want to give your life to Christ, to click on the slide under your, play, under your player, whatever it is, your phone, your, 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 the screen you're watching. There's a slide under. Right now, would you click on that slide to indicate that you want to give your life to Christ? As you're doing that, a form will pop up we want to ask you to please fill your details into the, that form. It allows us to contact you, allows us to pray with you, allows us to support you with whatever tools that we have to support you. A link will also be available. This is being displayed on the screen. It will have more information. Our hosts will be speaking to you now. I just want to pray for you. I want to say welcome to this family. I want to say welcome to God as your father. Welcome to the protection, provision of God. Well, welcome to dimensions of the mercy of God. I, I just want to pray with you. Father, I just thank you. Will you say this after me wherever you are? Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this online service. I thank you for the word that I have heard. I thank you for the worship that I have participated in. Today, Lord, I want to give my life to you. I want you, Father, to become my father. I want you to become my Lord. I want your son Jesus to become my savior. By this prayer, I declare that I have a new birthday today. Apart from the day I was born, today I am born again into your kingdom and your family. Father, I ask, oh God, that you will help me to live a life that is pleasing to you. To turn away, Father, from anything that I was doing that wasn't pleasing to you as I embrace your Son, Jesus Christ, and the gift of salvation that he is. God is our salvation. In Jesus' name, and together we say, Amen. Hallelujah.